0: I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm over the toilet paper jokes. Hello, and welcome back to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, Sayward Bieler, novelist, short story writer, and podcaster. I should say... Part time podcaster or sometimes podcaster. (laughs) I haven't really been that great of a podcaster this year, and it's mainly because I'm trying to figure out exactly what to do with this podcast because I want to share my experience, but I also want to give listeners something to want to tune in for. Because why do you want to tune in just to hear somebody complain that they're not published yet? (laughs) I do have some good news mixed with the bad news. Of course, the bad news isn't personal, it is global we're now in the midst of this pandemic that i'm not really sure when it's going to be over and the writing life being as it is most of us who are fortunate enough to work from home we're kind of isolated from it self distancing is really our lifestyle because we are at home most of the time i'm still in my pajamas and it's 10:57 a.m. so honestly self self distancing social distancing whatever we're calling it because I I saw something online that broke down. What is social distancing? What is quarantine? What is this? What is that? So I am social distancing, self-isolating, whatever you want to say. And this is my lifestyle. So there's nothing really different for me inside the walls of my home, inside the walls of my office. I'm surrounded by my books I'm, and I and I have the television down the hall from me. I have the Google Home right beside me. So if I want to reach out into the world, I can say a couple of words to my Google Home and, and she'll tell me the news. But most of the time, I try to isolate myself from that as well because it's just too overwhelming. I went outside yesterday. Well, I went outside last Friday, Thursday or Friday, just to go on a walk because it was beautiful outside and I hadn't been outside since the week before. So... I went out to take a walk just around the block. You know, I was gone for about 30 minutes, but it was great. I didn't talk to anybody, didn't see anybody, just me and my headphones and my music. But yesterday, for some reason, and some of you may feel me with this, (laughs) but our spoons our, our cutlery is like disappearing and everybody wants to blame it on someone else. So I have two of my adult children that live at home and one of them blames the other and the other one blames the other. And then, you know, me, I'm thinking it's the youngest grandchild, possibly because he's in that stage where we're trying to teach him how to throw things away. And inevitably, that's when you lose cutlery is when you have a toddler who's trying to learn how to throw things away and you don't always catch that they've thrown 16 spoons in the trash can. (laughs) And of course, he's not responsible for the bulk of them missing I honestly, there must be a goblin or something because we just have no spoons. So I made an emergency run to the Dollar General because I live in a really small town. So we have Food Lion and we have Dollar General and we have Dollar Tree. Those are our big, big, um, big retail stores. So I went to Dollar General and I said, I'm not going to go to the toilet paper aisle. I don't need toilet paper yet. I don't want to feel overwhelmed by the fact that people are so despicable right now. I mean, Honestly, they're disgusting with their behavior right now. There's panic and then there's just being a jerk. And for those who are still hoarding a weekend when you've already gone out and you've already bought enough toilet paper to last you two months and you're still going in and you're still buying it up, while some people didn't actually go out and go crazy buying things. They bought what they normally buy so that everybody could buy things. And I know you don't care about this probably. You don't wanna hear this because you're probably saying it to yourself as well. So I said to myself, I don't wanna go near the toilet paper aisle. But then I said, well, next week, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. So we may as well just go and peek and see if there's like one roll or one small pack. Of course there wasn't, there was nothing. So I was feeling overwhelmed by this fact. I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm just going to go over and I'm going to get the the spoons. They're going to hold us over. They're going to disappear anyway. What's it matter that they were, you know, a dollar for three of them? So I went, I bought my emergency spoons and... By the time I got, I can't even be excited that the gas prices are a dollar and eighty cent a gallon here in town. I'm sure they're twenty cent cheaper outside of my town because our gas stations are consistently twenty cent higher. But I was just really, I would love to be excited that gas is a dollar and eighty cent a gallon, but I can't be because I'm too focused on the things that people keep hoarding. That those of us who didn't go hoarding crazy didn't buy extra of. So I get home, I'm in tears because I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling like people are horrible. They're buying things they don't need. I'm horrible. I've been wasting all my time at home for the last year and a half writing some book that I'm probably never going to sell. Nobody's ever going to read it. And my husband's been going out and working while I've been sitting at home living the life. I was so mean to myself yesterday when I got back. It was a 15 minute trip to the store. I have decided I will not be going back out until this whole thing is over because I can't keep being mean to myself and I think it's easy for, well, it's easy for me to beat myself up and and I don't know if anyone listening will maybe see a bit of themselves in it, but it's easy for me to beat myself up because, you know, I had a jewelry business. I failed. I didn't, I wasn't able to, you know, it was an MLM marketing thing. I wasn't in it to recruit. I was in it to sell the merchandise. And it turns out that only so many people need costume jewelry. (laughs) And uh, only so many people in my circle need costume jewelry. So I failed at that. And my has (laughs) Book has <laughs> I just feel like a huge waste of space because I'm not making any money and here we are in this pandemic and maybe if I had been working for the last year and a half instead of sitting at home trying to live some dream then we would have a little bit of a cushion in case things go worse. I mean things are as bad as they can be with the toilet paper situation but I'm thinking <laughs> with employment since my husband is the breadwinner. So these are the reasons I'm staying at home because I can't keep I can't go out there and just be a mess by the time I get home. It's just not it doesn't suit me. So I'll be staying home and hopefully by staying home I'll actually be able to record my podcast every week like I'm supposed to. (laughs) Consistency is key and I have not been consistent. I hope that everyone who's listening those of you who tune in to listen to me ramble, and I am rambling today. I didn't write anything for this episode, and I apologize for that, but I hope those of you who have tuned in are doing well. I hope that you are not sick. I hope that no one you know is sick, and above all else, I hope that we get we all get through this, not just those of you listening, but everybody, even the hoarders, even though they don't really deserve my well wishes at this point. (laughs) But we all know some people panic and some people are just despicable humans. So I think that we're seeing those things right now playing out in real time. And I was writing a virus story Before all this happened, it was, I used to watch a New Zealand show called The Tribe, and I wrote all this fan fiction years and years ago, and I decided to adapt it to be my own work and not fan fiction. So I'd been working on one of those stories for the last month, and I run Wattpad under my pseudonym Kimber Trace. But when all this happened, I was in the midst of writing a new stave, and now I'm just like, I don't know if I want to go back to it. It just doesn't feel right. I was talking to Nick Bellardis, and he is the, I I can't not say this, he wrote the first Twitter-ture, I think it's called Small Places, but he's a really super great guy, I had him as a professor, and he's just a great mentor, writer, anyway, I was talking to him, because he was also writing a story. virus story. His was a horror story and he was like it just doesn't feel right and I said I know what you mean. It just it feels wrong to write these stories now and I think it's because we're not escaping reality and we're not thinking you know oh what would be the reaction here. We're actually seeing it in real time and I think that takes the fun out of the fiction part of it. So I'm just I'm, I'm still struggling. Today I actually thought a little bit about the next day, but I don't know if I'm going to go back to it before this is over. Then again, if I don't go back to it, it's probably going to be fall before I can get back to it because they're saying that this is going to last for many more months. I might just have to get over myself and (laughs) get back to writing it. Maybe that'll help with working through some of the feelings that I had yesterday. (laughs) I do have good news. I told you at the beginning that I have good news, and I do have good news. So all of last month, I was supposed to do episodes on my querying that I was doing and doing my query letter and and all this, but I didn't. I took a, a webinar in February. It was February 20th. I took a webinar, and... In that webinar, it was actually, um, the webinar was hosted by Writer's Digest and it was taught by an agent that I really, really want to represent me. So it was historical fiction. One of my next projects is historical fiction. I do write historical fiction at, you know, when I'm not writing contemporary. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm super excited. I took it. One of the perks for being in this webinar was you could submit your first 10 pages. and your query letter. I submitted it. I heard back from her on March 13th that she wanted to read my full manuscript. She said my query letter was really strong and she wanted a synopsis and my full manuscript. Guys, I don't know how to write a synopsis. I'm absolute shit at it just to let you know. So I'm reading all these articles about how to write a synopsis and I'm a horrible procrastinator. I should have been doing this in January and February writing my synopsis because I knew that if this agent asked for my pages, not only her, but other agents, there's three other agents that if she declines, there are three other agents I'll be querying that requires a synopsis. So I'm like, you should have been doing this. I'm a terrible procrastinator. But I'm reading all these articles about what to put in your synopsis, what's important in a synopsis, blah, 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 blah. While I'm also telling myself, oh my God, we have to get this turned into her. We have to get this turned into her. So I did a synopsis. It was 800 words, almost. It was 790 some words. And I told my husband, I said, I did not cover anything other than the main plot line in my synopsis. Like, I didn't bring in the relationships that she has, that she builds with the people. Uh, like my character is very standoffish she was uh, abused when she was she was abused for several years when she was a child into her teenage years so she's very standoffish and she doesn't she doesn't build relationships very well and at this point in her life she's 27 she doesn't want to build any relationships she just wants to be left alone so in the book she inevitably starts building relationships because that's how that's the 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 character arc right we have to make sure that our characters are growing in in our novels or nobody's gonna want to read them guys. (laughs) So I'm like okay this is what I have to do. I need to fit all this in here but then in my synopsis I only ended up with the main plot line and I couldn't put any of these relationships in because it would have gone over the wordage and the ideal range for a synopsis according to all these websites was 500 to 800 words. How the hell do you fit 83,000 words of stuff in 800 word. You don't. You don't. So, I don't know if my synopsis is very good, but I do know that right now, at this moment, the agent has my entire manuscript, and I'll hear back from her hopefully hopefully sooner rather than later, but I'm guessing at least eight weeks, because when you query... It's like six to eight weeks typically. Sometimes it's much longer. There was one, I did send out four more queries other than to this agent and some of them were like six months and I was like, whatever, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But now maybe they'll have a a little bit more time on their hands. I saw some agents on Twitter last, I guess it was around Friday. She was, one agent in particular, she was like, I'm not getting submissions. I want submissions. Please send me submissions. (laughs) So I guess now is a good time for sending out queries, perfecting your queries, getting your synopsis done. But don't ask me how to write a synopsis because I'm not going to be able to help you with that. I think I've gone on long enough today. This is my let's get back to it episode. (laughs) I'm sorry that I'm scattered. I am trying to find a formula that works with this podcast because like I said, I want to let you, I want to give you this peek into an unknown writer's writing life as I work toward being published and getting out there. But I want to give you something that makes you feel like it's worth it to listen to me for 15 or 20 minutes every week. So if you have any ideas, if there's anything in particular you would like, For me to do, let me know and I will definitely take it into consideration. This week there will be a bonus episode. Episode 20 will be my review of My Dark Vanessa and Excavation. You might remember there was a little bit of an uproar before My Dark Vanessa came out. My Dark Vanessa came out in February? No, I think it came out in March. But in January or February there was a huge, huge stink because a Chicana artist... Wendy Ortiz, and I hope I'm saying that right, she wrote her memoir Excavation back in 2011, and when, I guess, she read My Dark Vanessa, or she caught wind of My Dark Vanessa, she was very upset because the author received a seven-figure deal, and Miss Ortiz, Miss Ortiz, I don't know how to say her name, I'm so sorry, I think it's Ortiz, she was a little upset because she said, you know, this kind of sucks that this woman is telling my story and she's making so much money. So I read both books. I'm going to tell you my feelings on them. I will drop that episode on Friday. I hope that you'll listen and I hope you'll let me know what you think. Until next week. I hope you have a great week. I hope you keep social distancing. And if you do have to go out there, be safe. If you'd like to know more about what I have going on, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at SayBeller. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at WritingThingPod. And you can find my website, SayWordBeller.com. That's it, guys. (laughs) I'm out for today. (laughs) Have a great week. I will talk to you soon. Bye.